Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everybody and welcome to Backstage Gaming, dramatic takes on your favorite games. I'm Chris. I'm Dylan. And we are joined as as promised, as threatened, whatever verb you want to use. Uh, we're joined this week <laughs> by our friend Dakota. Hi, Dakota. Say hello to everybody. Hello to everybody. You did it. I <laughs> D- did it. <laughs> Dakota is uh, is a an artist, a concept artist, an illustrator. Uh, we've had him on the show, God, like two years ago at this point. Uh, um, yeah, oh, something Lord. like that. Yeah, it's been a fucking minute. Uh, but we had to go to on in the past to talk about like art as a narrative device and how how uh, pieces of illustration can be used to give narrative to things that otherwise might not have them. We used uh, some Magic: The Gathering cards in particular for that conversation, and it was a fun time. Yeah, it was it was really fun, and we we got him back again this week. Last week we were talking, or last week two weeks ago, uh, we were talking about character design and and how that can play into information about a character information about what a character is up to information about how a character might play and fortunately in as we were discussing getting ready for this episode dakota informed us that we didn't get anything blatantly wrong that needed correcting so it's congrats true. I'm to very me proud and dylan of you both. we fucking yeah, did it we did it <laughs> yeah, hooray, yay. i'm very um, proud of you both and so this week, we're given that we don't need to be corrected, we're going to let Dakota kind of take us on a tour of some of the other elements of like visual design that play into that area of like helping to tell a story. And at this point, I think it, the, the, the driving force is going to be you, Dakota. What are we going to talk about first? First of all, very bold of you <laughs> to give me such power. Yeah, uh, if, um, if the energy is a little loopy... Dakota recently had a Q-tip up his nose because we live in the hell times and you can't be too careful. So less than an hour ago. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I will do my best to be less loopy. So what I came up with after scanning the memory banks, as it were, of things that I thought would be cool is I want to talk about character design as relationship noting. Uh, okay. I want to talk about character design as culture, and I want to talk about uh, posing as character design, which people Very might cool. not think is it. Th- but that's and I, so I'm going to start with the posing one because that feels closest to acting. Yeah, and also closest to what we were kind of getting at last week. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and so I, I feel like that's the best through line. Um, and to do that, I'm gonna I'm gonna share some examples of. A friend of mine's work. The first uh, one that I'm going to share is concept art for orc assassins from Shadow of Mordor. Very throw cool. This into the uh, the artist is a man named Vinod Rams. He's very cool. I'm gonna plug his work. Good job, Vinod. You're great. Uh, <laughs> I, I will. I will 
This is, hey, future Chris, this is past you saying, make a goddamn Twitter thread like a professional and put these <laughs> images in there. I, my, my Twitter habits for this account have been very bad recently, and I apologize profusely for that. But yeah, this uh, this this lovely this lovely collection of of boys. Look at look at all these boys. Indi- look at all these lads. Is, is this was something Vinod actually used this as an example for a, a lecture he was giving us at the time. So I, since I remember it, I thought I would cheat and use his ideas. Oh um, yeah, these were four orc assassins that he pitched for a you know a character that was that was going to go in the game. And of these three, of these four, two of them are standing interestingly, <laughs> and two of them are standing like they were told to stand there. Yeah, and that's something that I think is actually a, a lot of uh, it's it's a common sin in in a lot of concept art. And I think the core concern there is that, like, oh, well, if they're being, if they're standing interesting, then we can't see what their outfit looks like, right? That's a, you know, and you need to be able to see that. But especially for, like, blue sky development and character design, I want to know more about who this person is, right? Define blue sky development. um, The idea of let's make like the the very beginning right so if if we're telling a story about this orc assassin like who the hell is this story about and we'll get into exactly what shape his pauldron is later okay okay yeah yeah so so the not, uh not a term i'd heard before i was fat i was curious i don't know if it's like an official term it's a thing i've heard and used a couple of times gotcha. popping around ideas and so you know most of the character design things that people know about is like oh silhouette is the way to you know do character design and that is true to an extent like that all of those things are correct and not false but posing in comparison to silhouette is just as interesting uh and just as useful and so you and you can get into if we just compare you know figures one and two here figure two you know nothing's wrong with it yeah it's good it's cool there's you know rad stuff going on but figure one just is so much more interesting. And yeah. that is in large part because, you know, he's standing on this rock and he's like a little hunched over and look at, you know, there's, there's, this it, it invites voice. you to explore. Yeah, it, yeah. And it, it invites you to explore. And especially if you're looking at like, okay, this character is an assassin, right? Uh, not only are they a, 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 an antagonistic entity, they are also you know, supposed to be this, like, high-caliber, elite, you know, dexterity stabs. Yeah, and... I mean, the thing the thing that's jumping out to me is that in 1 and 3, and again, I will, I will post this image so that we're not just referencing numbers. Yeah, uh, it's hard to I, do. I get a sense of how they would move. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, and... they're, they're, the way they are standing and the physicality they're giving is informing, like, you know, if you give this piece of concept art to a character rigor... Mm-hmm. they're going to have a better idea of like okay this is what dev is thinking about for like you know how i should set up that rig and how yeah. i should start building out mm. walk cycles and things like that and i think and, for me that is the core purpose of con- like the, the core purpose of concept art is sure i need to be able to get a clear image of what this knife looks like but also and especially for character design 
you the need core to be able of to concept understand art. how it's going to move and how it's going to not even that on even a broader broader spectrum than that mm-hmm. concept art exists to answer questions yeah. uh, okay more more accurately concept art exists to answer both the questions you have and the questions you didn't know you had yeah and I mean, there are like, different stages to do that with but yeah i mean looking at something like point. this this is the kind of thing that then can be not only I, I brought up rigging because i was talking about movement but also like all of the different visual departments down the pipeline yeah have this piece to reference for okay you know are all of the textures lining up correctly? Do the materials rendering look correct? Do the, you know, as we're rigging things, are we making sure that it's not going to clip through itself? Like, it, it's it's kind of a one-stop shop for all of the other people that are going to have to be taking a stab at this thing. Absolutely. And I think that's the core... That's part of what I like about, about One so much, and it actually ended up being... At least the torso uh, ended up being used as the base for the uh the final chosen thing that would get rendered out i'm not gonna we're not talking about how to paint a pretty orc man today Mm -hmm. uh but the you know hey look the interesting torso got picked for the stuff like yeah wow yeah Uh, this is honestly reminding me to to pivot wildly into acting, which is a thing that we sometimes talk about. Wow. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm reminded of there, and Dylan, t- let me know if you have experienced this as well. Mm-hmm. There have been shows I've been in where like, I will be, I'll be prepping the role and I'll be doing everything that I need to do. And like, it's coming along and everything is, you know, working as intended. And then we have, like, the first dress rehearsal, and I put on the costume, and something about the costume will, like, change the way that I am naturally carrying myself, and suddenly there's this whole new dimension to the performance that comes Mm. out of it. Absolutely. Um, Like, I I don't even know what it is, necessarily. It's, I, I, it might be, like, the, um, you know, because the costumer also is uh you know getting input from the director and i i think like that additional perspective kind of creates like a new way that like you have received what the director has been telling you um yeah it's a very interesting uh i don't want to call it a feedback loop but it's it's kind of a feedback loop yeah the 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 one that always sticks in my head on this is uh in our senior thesis show when back when we were at school, mm-hmm. which Dakota did the set design for. I did. Uh, How about that? It is, it's it's a big yeah. old Ouroboros of, of people <laughs> on this podcast. It's almost um, like we're really good friends or something. Uh-oh. Whoa, uh, almost but, a decade. Oh, God. Oh what? God. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> um, Next but year. We, <laughs> fuck. That's not true. It's, it's, it's six years. It is closer to a decade than not, but shut up. Okay. Um, okay. Thank God. But we... The, the the costume that I wore for that was a suit, in essence. And I remember getting the suit, and it was just the littlest bit too small. Like, it is too it is small enough that I would not have purchased it for myself if it was, if it was like a suit that I was going to wear, but you know, it's the costume, so I'm gonna wear it. And all it did is it, it made me have to be just like a little bit stiffer, and a, and like that ended up bleeding into the character I was playing, who was already kind of weird, but the suit gave it, like, this extra little bit of, like, stiff formality to the weirdness that I hadn't, like, been intentionally playing in before. And it's just, like, this is a little bit of a tangent, but suffice to say, posing fucking matters. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I also kind of think about, uh, I was playing like a skeezy lawyer in the play and like I had a suit that was like way too big for me and glasses that would constantly slide down my face. Oh, that's incredible. Um, that what what awesome tools. It was yeah, like really good. <laughs> yeah. You you know you know you are a physical actor when you hear that and you're just like, "Yes." yes. Ooh, toys good. to play with. <laughs> Did you have any other any other examples along like the the posing front? Yes and no. There's uh so I have some more examples from Vinod different game, but I think that it's a rad He's just got several amazing designs that I love, and they are all, you know, posed very specifically. I don't have the iterations on them, so I can't say, look how much better it is than this other version. Sure, But sure. I do want to share the finals that he did, because I, I, I know so much about the character just from how they're standing with the thing that they have. Uh, so yeah, this is work me. that he did for Gigantic. Oh, this is a very good piece. I am. I'm These a are fan. both very good. He's Let's he's amazing. He taught me ninety percent of everything I know about character design. Absolutely fabulous man. Owns two bunnies and two guinea pigs. <laughs> very important details. If you need a judgment of quality, image one is a woman in a big old parka with what looks like a a three armed sniper crossbow yep yeah that I'm, is what I'm that trying is. to make sense of it it is amazing and fearsome. and then image two is a man in like big old harem pants with what i can only describe as a bow staff warhammer that's also a pipe that is also what that is i adore both of these pieces and i already can see the things that got you excited uh you start what what about these designs made you want to talk about them um, well, so part of it is I I love big happy boys. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> I and agree. So, and so, I you know, there's always there's always just something wonderful about that. But I think for me, the biggest part here is that this and this sort of ties in. And the reason I bring these characters up is that this ties into my next thing. I actually did kind of plan this. I uh, I believe you. I I. For this is for no, that's for the audience. I know you. <laughs> Whoa, Dakota's playing four I need to D chess pretend, over here. Yeah, I need to pretend like I know Look what I'm at doing. This guy. So, I don't know. I have not played this game, and yet I can tell you probably what these characters do. Mm, in okay, part, you can, you can but see not them only, in motion. But not yeah. only what they do, but how they go about doing it. Because yeah, you can take yeah. something like a sniper and you can go 17 different ways with it, right? And yeah. and this sniper, you know, acts you know does their job differently, right? Than than other other snipers might. And I think that you know, and this this big this big friend, you know, you can see the influences of just like he just looks huggable. I there's no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the the thing about the the second image, this this uh, splash or uh, this concept art for. I'm assuming his name is Javash. The the part of it that immediately grabbed my eye is the pose uh, sketch in the mm -hmm. bottom right corner. Mm -hmm. Because the way he is rendered, he looks like, like a big, heavy-hitting kind of character. He's got this very big weapon. He's got, like, big ol' arm muscles. He's got... The, 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 the pants are giving him this very big silhouette. But the pose reference that they drew 
has him standing on one leg in this very classic, like, kind of martial arts-looking pose. Yeah, yeah. And I adore that because that is such a cool indicator of, like, how he is going to move. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And similarly, the the shapes that are created with the, I'm gonna say smoke, who knows? I, I assume uh, it's smoke. It I looks like a big old pipe. Maybe the Dr. Seuss goop. <laughs> Dr. Uh, it might be an incense burner. You're right. It might be... That might be the the intended point. I don't know. Either way. Yeah, yeah. that's my um, guess. But the between that and the pose, uh, it it implies a grace that you wouldn't yeah. normally expect like you know a massive dude to have mm-hmm. uh yeah and that it's he's one of my favorites it's really cool looking at uh javash just the the way that he is drawn uh like with the the plumes of smoke swirling around him and then kind of leading into the uh the first pose uh under the the character profile um mm-hmm. of like the the hammer being brought down with a lot of force. Yeah. Um, something that like I appreciate about these pieces of concept art is kind of the anticipation of movement or the um the impression of movement. Yeah. Um so like even even uh looking at I think her name's Imani, let me go back to her. Uh yes. Imani, the uh the sniper, there's not the same amount of implied movement, but the way that the uh crossbow sniper thing <laughs> is drawn. Video games you, are fucking great, y'all. Yeah. You could you could feel a lot of tension like yep. oh yeah, when she pulls this trigger, it's gonna fucking go. Yeah. I yeah. love I love to to go off that the tension point which is absolutely accurate. One of the things that I love about this design specifically is that she doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like she is stable and hanging out and vibing just 100% and has a massive trident crossbow sniper rifle. There's <laughs> like there's a certain just impression of oh, yeah, chilling. sorry, go ahead. Just there, just chilling, a, just 100%. <laughs> there's a certain impression that like how tiny her legs are and like the small points they end in. There there's an impression that gives me but I can't quite put my finger on it and I was wondering if you someone who is more studied in this <laughs> could give any insight on that like it 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 gives a entirely different impression to her than if her um if the bottom half of her body was drawn more i guess feet planted is sure. is that what i'm trying to um i mean to me it reads as dangerous grace right uh mm-hmm. it it is because the only people that spend that much time on their tippy tippy toes in my head are you know ballet dancers yeah. And this is saying, okay, you know, I have the ability to, you know, it reads as speed and it reads as control and also giant fuck off big trident crossbow big sniper rifle. <laughs> like, and so I feel like it, it, A, it mimics the points of the crossbow in a really cool way. Mm-hmm. And B, it provides the implication that like movement is not hard for this character. Yeah. Um, I think another you know, there's nothing dragging her down. Yeah. Thinking thinking about it a little bit more, I think another impression that it gives me is since her her legs are like so comparatively de-emphasized to the in, like the huge parka <laughs> that that is the right term, right? The parka. Yeah. Uh yeah, the huge probably. parka she's wearing which emphasizes her silhouette. 
and then also the silhouette of the giant fuck off crossbow. There's something about that, and I can't quite put my finger on it because I'm it's not very, well versed enough good. to it. But um, like just just the fact that the mask is focused on the most important part of the character silhouette, and then also her giant fuck off weapon that gives you an impression of like exactly what this character is about. Yeah, yeah, really cool. That's, really love it. That's just that's just well done concept art. I don't know what to tell you yeah. about that one. That's just <laughs> I mean, that's very, that's very fair. good at his job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fucking great. You said that this was kind of for posing and kind of for the next thing you wanted to talk about. Yeah, yeah. So the next thing I want to talk about, uh, so these these were mostly for posing and, and a little bit for like communicating the character. The next thing I want to talk about is simultaneously communicating character and communicating character relationships. Okay. Uh, it's the one-two punch of concept art for if you have a character that is in some way going to interact with another character. Uh, as most it, characters as do. As many people do, yeah. <laughs> um, so we're going to start. These are both League of Legends characters. Uh, so, Chris, if you want to fill Dylan in on what goes on with these characters, we're going to start with the character that was created first uh for the for the game uh and that is leona uh not not that leona was the first character but of the two that i have uh i will put the i'm gonna put the splash art because i don't have a good like final-ish version of the concept art that i found so just to give you an idea of of what it ended up being uh we're not gonna talk about that but just so i can show you um, this is where we ended up with with that character, uh, big sun themed oh, nice. tank lady, right? Uh, these are the bits of concept art for her. I the believe this dumb. is for a skin, so this is slightly less relevant, but it still gets the job done for what I wanted to talk about. She have big shield and a big sword. She do big protect. Yep. She also has like a single giant uh Samus Varia suit uh shoulder pad. Yep, yep, rad. Uh or at least at least in some of these uh images. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're not all they're not all the same. But right. the the thing that is you know core to Leona's character uh Leona was again written first for the game and Leona is just the she 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 do a protect right she go in and she stay in and you don't get to leave mechanically that's her job and as yeah, a character she... she didn't have a ton of lore when she came out because it's league of legends and they didn't really start with anything crazy uh now they have you know a whole disney but riot thing anyway um <laughs> but at the beginning it was, you know, Leona is a member of these Sun Worshippers, and she's their their champion, and she's big and tanky. And so there was this established shape language for that group and this character being the representative of that group. And what gets really interesting is a couple years later, some person in the dev team said what if we had rebels against these characters and so they designed a girl who was brought up amongst these people and for whatever reason got out and became disillusioned with their teachings and is in many ways 
uh, a foil to Leona, this character. And that's that's when we got Diana. And I have a couple of images for Diana. Uh, but this is a piece of very early concept art that I want to share. Uh, and there's a really is a lot to unpack here. Um, okay. That okay. I'm I'm very excited to to unpack. Uh, so the first thing that we notice is that there is no shield here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second thing we notice is the giant fuck off Kopesh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's probably the other way around if you're most people. But if you're me, it's the lack of a shield because that makes me sad. And then giant fuck off Kopesh because that makes me happy. Well, um, you, you primed me for the shield. So I think yeah, that, that yeah, was also yeah, the first thing I yeah. noticed. Shield's very important. And we run into this really, really interesting stuff so Leona's shape language is mostly spheres and you know circles and unbroken lines. Yeah. Uh, a lot of uh, in her her official splash art, she has like these long sort of male dress kind of things coming around around cool. her legs. She's got the long line of her sword. Her shield is like a big old kite shield. Yeah, it's it's very much you know it's it's adorned geometry, but it's very much big geometric shapes. And, you know, convex, unbroken stuff. Uh, And in this early concept art for Diana, every single curve is broken. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Everything is pointy. And the only unbroken curve is cracked. Oh. Oh, I didn't even notice that. I didn't notice that either. Very cool. But you still get... Because of the nature of the vertical lines on the uh, between uh, her outfit and Leona's outfit, you still get the sense that okay, this is the same base group. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, there are cultural similarities that that come through, especially if you look at like the the abdomen on Leona's outfit uh, and the abdomen on Diana's outfit. They are actually quite similar uh, in, uh, in just to- construction. To weeb up the conversation a little bit, it kind Please of reminds do. me of the uh, the differences between Cloud and Sephiroth. Absolutely, um, great. Yeah, another great example. Yeah. Oh um, yeah, I don't have any art to reference, but you know, Cloud is really short, spiky blonde hair, whereas Sephiroth has very long, flowing, smooth, uh, silky silver hair. Yes, it required all of that. Um, it does. It's yeah because he's worth uh, it. Cloud and Sephiroth are from the same faction. Uh, so they do have the same soldier uniform. However, Sephiroth's is modified to have a flowing trench coat. Um, and Cloud's is kind of scrappier. It's missing pieces, so it's asymmetrical. Uh, just like little stuff like that. Yeah, no, it's it's the amount that you can communicate on one character is a lot, right? But the amount yeah. that you can By- communicate on two characters... Yeah, by making... By just changing them yeah. almost the same mm-hmm. is is it doesn't even double it you know it's it's exponential there's so much communication that you can do and so we ended up with uh for the the final just if you if you are interested dylan uh and this is what you get this is what you would send modelers this is like the the end of the process 
and you can and it you know it's it's very clear and yeah, this is down to like materials yeah, examples yeah yeah blown this off is of the uh the model well actually okay this is probably marketing artwork but right uh, but because this is too much time to send to the models we can send modelers very... pictures of metal and a shape and they'll be like okay yeah <laughs> but i just i think it's very interesting i don't know it's the the similarities are just there enough for you to notice even if you're not you know even if you're not an artist there's you just feel them and that's part mm-hmm. of like art is language at the end of the day mm-hmm. and I mean, that's that's the same deal that you run into with sound design or yeah. lighting design yeah absolutely or like you know I I had never like consciously noticed those similarities that you were just pointing out in specific, mm-hmm. but also like in playing the game, you just kind of like get the sense that they're there, even if you're not consciously yeah. noticing them. There's this whole area of like art in various mediums where like the entire job is for you to kind of not notice them. Yeah. And I think like and 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 they even come across mechanically, which is not part of what we're talking about here but the fact no but it totally does but the fact that the fact that like they both go in yeah they they both possess an ability that lets them like dash into the fight it just works in different ways that reflect their different yep like yep. play styles and personality okay. types yeah and this i i i hadn't really dive i hadn't i hadn't dove too deep into these characters uh before but they riot put out uh, for pride uh art uh, a, a short story confirming their romantic relationship uh and that they grew up together and everything and there was a note that there was just a a piece of dialogue that leona told diana at one point that she should really do more shield training because she was going to fall behind and diana was like you know sundere i'll never fall behind i'm too cool <laughs> but uh i was just i had this moment of like oh my gosh she doesn't have a shield and there's a reason for that yeah (laughs) and instead she has this giant fuck off kopesh which is one of the most offensive weapon not offensive in like a but like offensive weapons i'm offended i'm not offended (laughs) but like it's it's this giant fuck off kopesh is is such an off it's a reckless offensive weapon versus sword like you know very stereotypical cruciform sword and giant shield also uh further emphasizing their gameplay difference because like leona looks like a tank and plays like a tank Mm -hmm. and the kopesh and she has you know a big great sword and kite shield which are not known for their mobility (laughs) whereas the kopesh historically is a weapon used on horseback by fast people cavalry stuff (laughs) Art is good. Art, art is tells good. a lot of art is a good art tells thing. a lot of stories. Art is good. That's, we hey, did it. That's, that's the moral of our podcast. Can art that be is the good. title of this episode? Art that's is what good. I was going to suggest. I will, art I will is make good. it so. Um, <laughs> um, before we jump to your next point, what if we slide into the playbill and plug our shit? So hey everybody, we're here in the playbill now. I just edited out a bunch of bullshit that wasn't going to be entertaining for you. Uh, it's true. It 
this is where we talk about the other shit that we've got going on, and I think it's only polite to have our guests do that first. Hey, Dakota, where can people find you? What kind of stuff do you have out in the ether that you can actually talk about? Because NDAs are a bitch. Oh, God. Uh, all that good stuff. Uh, what do I have out there? So, uh, first of all, you can find any and all of my work on the one social media account I still use, which is my Twitter uh <laughs> at dakota curry art on twitter technically you can find me on facebook and instagram there but it's really not worth your time because i haven't updated those in all five forever. seconds it takes to go there and follow <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not worth those five Boost seconds the numbers <laughs> um as far as i don't even remember what i have had that dropped recently there's uh i've there was I, the ooze thing yeah i dropped the i think i've had i think i've had two or three things drop recently which is why i can't remember which ones um yeah. uh but several modules featuring my work have dropped in the past couple weeks uh there was a supplement for they're all D fifth edition there was a uh an ooze supplement uh for various ooze monsters and traps and apparently although i didn't know about this when i was making it an oozling player race stats it's always important to make sure that you're getting your daily ooze supplements in. yeah it's they're very very especially very once important. you hit 30 <laughs> well thankfully we're not quite there yet <laughs> um i also had a the most recent one that dropped was uh the i can't remember the name now but uh it's a series of npcs and uh, item tables and, and looks like overall fun stuff. Uh, and I it's called the Bargainomicon. I remembered. Amazing. I, no one ever give me ad copy. Um, <laughs> I'm not a voice actor. This is not my job. But uh, you can find six characters that I did in those, uh, including a sentient water elemental pirate. I guess water elementals are already separate sentient. Anyway, um and uh i don't know goblin children that just enjoy irritating people that one was fun to do but yeah i actually okay, was nice uh well i i believe you yeah yeah <laughs> um and that's that's all i'm gonna plug because that's i feel like i had one more but i don't remember what it was and i'm sorry to whoever right. nope. whatever client i'm betraying right now i'm sorry <laughs> go go follow dakota on twitter he posts lots of cool shit uh and Speaking of cool shit, giant robots are cool. Hey, Dylan, you have a podcast about those? Go! Yeah, uh, so Dakota, I, I think you could say that I have pretty decent taste in anime. I, I should hope so. Um, yes, for, was that a wow, response? The, oh, okay. I was like, was that an invitation? I didn't want to interrupt you. Yes, oh, I love God, your okay. taste in anime. Well, fine, putting you aside, because... <laughs> How dare you? I don't know. Where you Being, belong. Where you belong. <laughs> um, I am going to talk about anime. Um, on our podcast, dude, you remember Macross? It's not our podcast, as in mine or, and Chris's or Dakota's. It's mine and a friend of ours named Coop. We talk about this old uh, 1980s sci science fiction anime franchise called uh, Macross, Super Dimensional Fortress Macross. I know that's a mouthful. Um, and it's about all sorts of things. It's a giant robot anime where the main character is in the military, but uh, he's defending a city that is inside a giant spaceship. And it's this really cool, wacky premise where that enables the show to explore themes about pop culture and what makes humanity humanity. And if that sounds interesting to you, I highly recommend you check us out on anchor.fm slash dude you remember. We are also on Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.
You should also go check out our friends over at the Unexplored Places. Hey, Dakota, do you think I have good taste in RPGs and actual play podcasts? <laughs> Hold on, I gotta pause for effect. There we go. Uh, so if you like uh, actual play shows, if you like science fiction or monster stories, either one, really, uh, you should go check out The Unexplored Places. Season one was using the Monster of the Week system to tell a story about spooky happenings in small town America. And season two we are currently running uh, is using Scum and Villainy to tell a story about mediocre ne'er-do-wells in space. Uh, it's a great time. We have a lot of fun recording it and it's Getting to listen back to it is always a treat. In a couple uh, months, you'll get to listen to me commandeer a gunship. It's going to be fucking great. I want to listen uh, to that. You should. You and should. so should you, listener. And you can At. do that by going to <laughs> unexplored uh, unexploredcast.libsyn.com or by following them on Twitter at unexploredcast. You can also find them wherever you get your podcasts. Time to speed run the rest of the stuff. Thank you, as always, to our patrons over at patreon.com slash bsgpod for supporting us and making it so that we're not losing money while we make this show. Uh, that means the absolute world to us, and we are so grateful. If you like our show and you want to support it directly, patreon.com slash bsgpod is the way to do that. Thank you also to the HP Video Game Podcast Network for having us on the network. You should go check out the other shows on that network by following at Network on Twitter. I think that's everything that we usually talk about in the playbill. Dylan, please correct me if I'm wrong. No, that sounds about right. All right, let's get back to the action. Whoa! We're back. Chris, you're very All good right, at LeBron talking James swiftly. in Space Jam 2. <laughs> I'm going to murder you. That's fair. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, uh, Dakota, what, what, what next have you prepared for us on our amuse-bouche platter? Well, I don't know what that is. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> but, um, I want to take the, from, so from the previous discussion, I want to take the idea of shared and pointedly absent aspects to another game that you and I both play that isn't a video game. Ooh, is it... Mousetrap. First of all, now I want to play Mousetrap. Second of all, no, it is not Mousetrap. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me that I don't own a copy of Mousetrap. <laughs> Can't believe that Why was that your reaction. Anyway, continue. <laughs> uh, no, uh, Yagoon, it's magic, because of course it is. I figured it was. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're back in our core competencies. What did you want to talk our about with magic today? Magic is, I guess magic is my core competency. I want to talk about the way that concept artists take the concept of colors for magic in the sense of the uh, the, the cultural baggage that they carry and apply okay. them to things that share that colors but differ in other ways. Um, so okay, I, let me let me knock out a quick explanation for people who haven't played that magic. Is a before. Good plan. Thank uh, you. Yeah, Magic the <laughs> Gathering. Uh, the all of the cards in the game fall into one of five colors for the most part. There are exceptions to that rule. I don't. I, yeah. We don't have time. Yes, we don't have time. Um, but there are there are five colors of the game. They are white, blue, black, red, and green. 
and each one contains a different sort of area of game design. It's what's referred to in, in Magic as the color pie. In general, white ha contains spells that destroy other cards, provide protection or life gain, and has to do with, like, lots of little creatures. Uh, blue is the color of, like, control magic, so counter spells, uh, bouncing creatures, and, and spells from the battlefield onto their opponent's hand. It deals with time, with, with tempo in game mechanic terms. Black has tons of removal and board wipes, the ability to kill uh, enemy creatures more efficiently than any other color, uh, as well as cards that treat your resources as more expendable, so cards that use your life total as a resource, cards that need you to discard cards or use your graveyard. Red is the color of, like, direct damage. It shares some stuff with white in having, like, lots of small creatures as threats, but is more likely to have creatures that, like, you can sacrifice to get a benefit. It has a lot of spells that just deal damage to targets. And then green is the color of big stompy creatures, of generating extra resources, so generating extra mana, uh, putting out extra lands, which are, again, I, we're, I'm speedrunning in Yeah, we're speedrunning explaining mechanics. the mathematically most complex um, game in existence. Yeah, uh, but so that's the main thing. Each color has its own distinct, like, lane. And there is overlap, and there are you can have cards that are multiple colors that will tap into an element of each of those sort of game design slices. But that's, I think, as basic an explanation as I can give for what I think you need to be explained. You did a very good and very useful job. I was, that was terrifying. I, I blacked out for a second there. Chris went into a cardboard-themed fugue state. I can't wait to hear all the Twitter cardboard. comments tell me about all the things I forgot. I fucking know. You were Continue. a magic judge. Yeah, I was. You, know you were. The rules? I, had to, I had to judge bullshit. Continue. Sorry, Dakota. Go on with your, very, your much more interesting portion of the episode. It's, I had to judge bullshit. Um... Yeah. So the judge the, test is dumb. That's not what we're talking about. Continue. <laughs> I'm gonna stop talking now. <laughs> we uh, so we're gonna focus. We're gonna we're gonna narrow our focus from the literal thousands of magic cards to not even any magic cards at all. Uh, but all instead, right. we are going to take art that I stole from the internet, uh, that is stolen therefrom from the concept art world building pitch doc for the. Uh, third, second or third, uh, return to the plane called Ravnica. These are all Googleable. I didn't, I'm not being illegal here. On, on this plane, there are 10 guilds. They occupy two colors each, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we're not going to go through all of them because we don't have hours, but I'm going to start. We're going to take a journey as it were, and we're going to start with the Gruul clan, uh, which right. are the green and red clan. Uh, so a lot of nature and a lot of violence. And they're cool as hell. They are organized arsonists who worship <laughs> a giant angry boar. This, you know, you're looking at concept art for the gruel. There we go. We did it. Um, nice. We got there. <laughs> this is done. Congratulations. Uh, these are produced by Tyler Jacobson, who is freaking amazing at his job as you can see by all the good art that he has they are you know there's a lot of natural themes a lot of grungy stuff a lot of sharps pointy objects and skulls like that's they're there they are anarchists and violent violent people 
which is extra fun in uh and this might be something you're going to bring up mm. but uh ravnica as a plane is or as a setting in magic is much more like technologically advanced than a lot of other fantasy settings mm -hmm. and so the gruel being covered in like you know patchwork leather and bone kind of stand out <laughs> yeah it's gonna we're well we weren't gonna go that i had a feeling that might come but up it, but it I is gonna to... it is gonna come up because the everyone stands out weirdly somehow yeah which is really cool um but what i wanted to take from this is is the following comparison uh because that's apparently what we're doing today is comparisons the next piece of art that i'm gonna show you is concept art for the Simic Guild, which are, instead of red and green, blue and green. And we can see what the green stuff is that that applies to both of oh, them. Oh, I see what you're doing. I'm excited. But the blue, like the changes from the red to the blue alter what is applied in the concept artist's brain and shapes and colors. And, and that's not just to be like, oh, look, these ones have blue in them. But like yeah uh the idea of blue as intellect and cunning and uh you know adaptive forces you get different points to draw on and to pull from than you know the violent passion of of red but both are filtered through this lens of green which is you know the natural world and stability sort of uh yeah. and and so you get these much more like still kind of spiky but flowy and lots of layers and lots of you know intricate filigree and it's really interesting that what and, and to pull back from the the sort of what is present and what is absent notably uh for each for each group like both have you know both the gruel and the simic have a lot of like organic shapes and layers to things but where the gruel is patchwork, the Simic is clean, if not absolutely hidden, uh, seam lines, and everything is flowy and drapey and, you know, evokes science and academia, and, ah, I love it. These, uh, these, these designs are done by Mike Darkin Lim, uh, who we can, we can, you know... Chris, I'll send you. I'll send you these so you don't have to remember. Today I learned but... Darkin's actual. Name. Yeah, his name is Mike Lim. He's. I only he's ever a, knew him as Darkin. He's a pretty chill dude, from all I know about. I've never met him, but he seems cool. So we have one more. I didn't want to do all of them because we can do this for all of them, but I didn't want to. Yeah. Uh, but I have one. <laughs> hit, me, hit me. Hit me with that next. I shot. have that next shot, which is also by Mike Lim, which I thought was a cool. Like, we can see what one artist does with the change. Yeah. Uh, and this one we are taking we are sticking with the blue this time we're kicking out the green and we're adding some black we're gonna go into the demir oh, okay. the demir are the like secret society assassin information broker type faction in this world gotcha and these designs kick so much ass I, I will stare at the demir concept art for hours Look at this it's, dude's uh, Batman-ass gauntlets. The, the vibes give me, like, Dishonored by way of the new Dune movie coming yes. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very legit. Yeah. But I Look how many folds they have that they can hide things like in. Like knives. <laughs> or your wallet. And secrets. And secrets. Such mysterious garments. Secret <laughs> knives. 
Um, it actually Sorry is very, vibes. it's very funny to me that the Demira is like secret infiltrator and, you know, my, you know, the concept artist being concept artist, you know, it is our job to be able to make a character that you can look at and be like, Demir, I did it. Yeah. Uh, and right. so the, the concept art briefs for the Demir in this set are very funny because it's like, okay, these are all of the signs of the Demir. <laughs> Please <laughs> use them. And yeah. I, so I'm, I'm, I always have fun imagining, you know, random people walking around uh, Ravnica and seeing, like, one of the things about the Dimir is their calling, or one of their calling cards, per se, is three, conceptually. Uh, mm-hmm. And so you see all, you know, he's got his three Batman gauntlets. He's got, like, three he's hoods. Got three popped collars. He's got three popped collars. <laughs> like, it's it's three is, like, the big thing for them for some reason. I don't know why. It's cool. Uh, and, but, but I love the idea that, like, you know, the cabbage merchant can, like, see the dude on the right walking down the street and be like, seems like a fine, upstanding citizen. Yeah. (laughs) Um, because how do you make a, how do you make a group that is visually distinct and doesn't stand out in a city where everyone stands out? Yeah. It's really interesting. But anyway, uh, nothing here is organic. Nothing here is natural. Like, no. I wouldn't say any of this is leather. I would believe that it's all pleather. <laughs> Everything here is vinyl. I don't believe that it's actual God, leather. The chafing. It's more about the vibe than yeah. it is the function. fashion. is pain. Um, but, like, everything is uptight. Everything is sneaky. Everything is dangerous looking. I would not they're trust all, any of these people. On their arms. That give them Batman, uh, yeah. Batman gauntlets, Greaves, or yeah, no, they're just gauntlets they're, is they're what just I meant to say. they're just belts. They're not stabs, but they give the impression. <laughs> but they give the impression it's, of stabs, and that's what's yeah. important. And and it's all it, it captures that black color pie feeling of you're not gonna know we're killing you, <laughs> and you're not gonna be able to do anything about it once you figure it out. And it it brings yeah. the blue of like because we're smarter than you, and I just love. Yeah. You're, not, you're not inconspicuous if you all dress the same. You fucking morons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's such a that's such a weird puzzle to have to solve on a design front yeah. though, because like like you were saying, on the one hand, in fiction mm-hmm. these people should not all dress the same. Yes. Like if we are if we are to believe that these are like the secret society that nobody knows who they are and they're like in every office and gathering information from everywhere, they shouldn't all have a visual like a distinct visual language. But like it's fiction, and so they need to for the audience to be able to recognize yeah, them. Yeah, and so we yeah. just kind of have to hand wave reality away for Sometimes the purposes fiction of fiction. Is about buying into the fact that it's fiction. Yeah. It's the same reason that I cannot stand watching videos where it's like, let's break down all the reasons this fight scene isn't realistic. And it's like, because it's not fucking supposed to be. It's you, Claude. Neither is magic. (laughs) Realistic fight scenes would be boring and hard to follow. Yeah, but I, I, I want to believe everything that's happening on the screen is real. Then maybe don't watch dragon movies. Yeah. Anyway, Just don't live um, in delusion. Anyway, yes, yes. Yeah, I love these designs. Yeah, they're they're, cool they're really hell. cool. I don't know. They're, they're and and good. you know, I can I could Google these all day long. But I I think the point is made of like you can take cultural values that are shared across people 
and just alter them but keep them present in any given way and and sort of change the relationships to change what it means it's like conjugating a verb wow what a what a what a comparison like i know Let's exactly what down. you mean no I, but, I i do understand yeah i don't know it's it's um, like it's like dialects yeah i also i this is just a little thing but it's something about the demir from a design perspective that i love in a lot of cards featuring like demure activity they make really fun use of negative space mm -hmm. like a lot more cards that are demure oriented in the ravnica sets will like play with negative split base and play with silhouettes and play with like making an image out of things that are aren't actually there uh and my favorite example of this is in in return to ravnica which was the second ravnica block in, in Return to Ravnica, there was a cycle of cards called the Charms, and they were, they were, each one did, like, its own unique thing, and you could pick one of a couple of options that reflected each of the, the color pie slices of the guilds, and it was very cool. And so, like, the Boros Charm was this, like, flaming medallion, and the, the Gruul Charm was, like, a an animal totem, and the Demir Charm, the image of it is, like, a view upward in some kind of, like, uh, basilica or something but if you look at and the, the artist did a very good job of, of crafting this the negative space that through which you can see the sky through like the buttresses and arches of this architecture form a spider which is the Demir symbol and I'll post the art for that for Dylan for Dylan's purposes okay thank you um, Dylan you don't get to have fun uh, but yeah it this yeah, is another really cool right. thing that they did with Demir of like playing oh, yeah. with playing with negative space and playing with like is it really there or is it just in your head? And I, I fucking love it. That's this is an aside, but I wanted to bring no, that it's up rad. because I was reminded of it and it's cool as hell. It's so cool. And I mean that's that's I don't know that it's that far of an aside. Like it's the next lane over, but Yeah. Yeah, like it's it is it is not to do with the exact topic we're talking about, but it's definitely on the Demir here, this is my TED talk on Demir. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, I mean, those are all of the examples that I have. I can have more if you want, but no, I th I think we that that got us to a good uh, a good amount of time. Yeah, I definitely episode. had some um, concept art that like maybe I thought I could use in case like we ran out of stuff. But I we got a pretty decent. Yeah, we got a. A good chunk of content. Good, yeah, thanks, good content, boys. <laughs> good, good. We're the good content, boys. Uh, I have a yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Dakota, for coming on and, and sharing, you know, your knowledge about this thing that, like, we kind of get, but don't have a lot of the Obviously same language to talk about. Obviously don't have the same amount of experience or know-how. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, we really appreciate you coming on. And, again... Go follow Dakota on Twitter at Dakota Curry Art. He posts good shit. He's got that good shit that you need, that you crave, that you want. I don't know why I just threw up peace signs. You can't see me. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and on that note, thank you so much for once again listening to what Backstage Gaming. We, 
We love you very much. We hope that you enjoyed listening. If you want more of our our twisted brand, you can check out bsgpod.com. It's got info about the show. It's got a contact form if you want to reach out to us directly. You should also, wherever you're getting us, whether it's in your podcatcher of choice through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever, leave a rating, leave a review. Tell your friends about us. Tell your family. Get Get our shit in other people's ears we love you for it <laughs> hey dylan what about social media uh yeah if you want to hit us up on social media you can find us on facebook and on twitter where our handle is at bsg underscore cast yeah, if you want to engage with us if you want to start engagement about us uh, we recommend you use that hashtag bsg pod that is bsg pod also huge huge thanks to our friend brendan french for the key art he has provided our show if you dig his stuff, you can find him on his Squarespace at brennan-french.squarespace.com. That is b-r-e-n-n-e-n-french.squarespace.com. You can also find him on instagram.com slash brennanfrencharts and on Twitter at brennan underscore French. You should also go show some love to our friend BioQuery. He's the musician behind our theme song, Dot Sound Radio Volume 1 Instrumentality. He's a great electronica composer and producer, and you can find all of his music by going to soundcloud.com slash bioquery. That's soundcloud.com slash B-I-O-Q-U-E-R-Y. Or by searching for BioQuery on Spotify. Thanks again to our patrons at patreon.com slash bsgpod for funding our show and making it so that we're not losing money. If you want to support us directly, that's the way to do it. And thanks again to the HP Video Game Podcast Network for having us on the network. Go check out their other shows on Twitter at Network. And I think that's it. Thank you again, Dakota, for being on. Thank you again to all of you for listening. And we'll talk to you again soon. Goodbye. Goodbye. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.